this shirt is one that means a lot to me. This shirt means a lot to me, and uh, the reason why is because of how I got this shirt. And, you know, anybody else other than me here in the house or maybe online, I see a show of hands, those of you who have an article of clothing that means a lot to you. Anybody? Okay. I see a bunch of, okay, hands up all over the place. This is one of those items that I will never, uh, unless something happens and it gets lost for whatever reason, but I never intentionally will throw away this shirt. Now, you know, the man number from Malvern, right? I grew up in Scarborough. I rep it all the time. We recently bought a home in Oshawa, praise God. But I say that I'm a Scarborough man who lives in Oshawa uh, because I'm just not ready to just, you know, hold that identity yet. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, I just absolutely, I, I never, growing up, I never, you know, we, we used to go catch crayfish in the, in the Rouge and stuff like that, my cousin and I, and, and minnows and stuff like that. But I never really got the chance to go, you know, be anywhere to do anything outdoorsy like really hoodmans don't really do stuff like that right you see what i'm saying and so the thing is like uh, i went and i lived in the states for 14 years we came back home uh to toronto right back to malvern and when we got home started building some relationships uh with you know with some leaders and all of this and i had an opportunity uh, my pastor, my pastor, pa Pastor Pierre Duplessis, uh, he's a South African, he's, he's from Rochester, New York. Because uh, how many of you know pastors need pastors? Come on, somebody. This is the thing. People be out here rogue and by themselves. No, 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 buddy. No, we have accountability. My wife and I, he and his incredible wife, uh, Pastor Marlise, they are our direct pastors who counsel us and we, um, and we are able to connect with, aside from the oversight that we have on a, on a broader scale. And so anyway, he invited me one day to go with him and some other notable and impactful pastors uh, on a fly fishing trip uh, and also to hunt prairie dogs. Yo, the man number out there with an AR-15. Some of y'all like, or what is this? What is this? And I was, it was legal. Like I was allowed to do it, right? And we were out there in the backwoods in Montana. I never, first of all, I never would have thought to ever go there. I never would have thought that I would ever be in an environment like that, let alone walking around with the AR-15 or on the big horn with a uh, fly fishing. I didn't even, I just thought you could go to Walmart and grab a <laughs> fishing rod. And go, I didn't know that there was different types of, it was just an experience to me that, you know, some of you, you're like, man, you're just, you're just waste. I knew about all that stuff. Well, no, I just had absolutely no clue. And so it was incredible to me. I went out there and it was blazing hot. Um, and, you know, nonetheless, I, for me, I wasn't thinking about, you know, being out there with the type of gear that was necessary I came just trying to be Chris. I had my hair braided. I got a Chris braid up before I left. You know, I, I, was, I, was, swag, I was swagged out. I was wearing this gear. And I was just like, man, I, I, look, I look fresh. And that was all I was thinking about. So anyway, we're getting ready to go out on the boat. We're getting ready to go out and actually start fishing. And right when I was walking out into, uh, out into the, to the outside, you know, wearing what I was wearing and all of that, I walked out. And my pastor, he stops me and he turns me around. He, just, he brings me inside and he goes, Andrew, Andrew, I just want to encourage you just to know, uh, you know, the, 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 the shirt. This is not this gear. You are going to be 
You are going to be blazing. Not only are you going to be blazing, but you're not going to be able to operate effectively in this moment if you go out there. In other words, I missed the memo about the type of shirt that I was supposed to get and the type of gear that I was supposed to get for the event. And what he ends up doing is he pulls me inside and he says, wait here. He says, wait here. And he goes upstairs and he goes into his suitcase. Come on, somebody. And he gets his shirt, a shirt that's appropriate for what we were getting ready to do. Oh, somebody sees where I'm going. And he, instead of punking me and embarrassing me in front of everybody, instead of allowing me to go out in the boat and look crazy and be in the position where I was, I was unable to be effective because of what I was wearing, instead of blasting me, he goes and he brings me in the back. And he takes from what he has and gives it to me to make sure that when his, a son in the gospel of his, goes out to fish that he has on the right stuff. Oh my. I love my pastor because he is incredibly selfless. And he and his, and our Pastor Marlies, and, and we love them. And that moment for me was such a blessing. A boy from the hood, I never would have thought I would have been out there doing anything like that. And God gave me the opportunity to not just be out there, but in a moment where I could have been embarrassed and could have looked like, you know, you know those Fresh Prince episodes? Where he's in the environment and not where, it could have been one of those. But he took me aside and he helped me out and he gave me something that would have helped me in that moment and this is so powerful to me because as we're starting this belong series and i was praying god what do i share I, I, the lord put this on my heart as the springboard to be able to share especially in this season that we're getting ready to get into life groups and you know that we are talking always about don't do life alone what does this have to do with anything i want us to go to acts chapter three what book did i say Acts chapter 3 verse 1, there's something powerful here that I believe correlates with this and, and, and I believe that will be very helpful to you as we preach in this moment. So uh, here we go, Acts chapter 3 verse 1, Bible says, now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, somebody say the ninth hour, and a man lame from his birth was being carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate. Somebody say the beautiful gate. To ask alms. So in other words, this man is there to ask alms or to ask people for money as they are going into the temple. Isn't that a paradox? What a paradox it is that at a gate called beautiful, something that is happening, something is happening there such as this. They're in a position where there is a man who is begging, who is in, who is, who has been lame from his birth and he is receiving, he is receiving in that moment. He's asking and begging for money and people are giving him money, but his situation is not changing. Oh, come on somebody. Isn't it crazy? Because Peter and John, they are headed to the temple for the hour of prayer. And the fact is that in many cases, it sucks when you think about the environments that we often are in that are spiritual and people are there who are at the gate that is supposed to be beautiful but are leaving unchanged. And I just thought this was powerful because uh, they're at this place for prayer and at the temple that is called, this gate that is called beautiful, there is this man who is being carried. So this individual had enablers. 
People that were not, were not changing or helping his situation to shift or change, but were carrying him and bringing him and putting him in the same position time after time. Who's with me this morning? So this passage, this passage, I believe there's so much happening here because they're carrying him and they're laying him at the gate called beautiful. One more time, say beautiful. To beg and, and his situation is not shifting. But I love it because Peter, this is the thing, it's wonderful. It's wonderful because we see a shift that takes place. And it's two individuals that are headed in the same place, but they have a different agenda. Uh, how many of you know that even though you might be in a situation uh, where there is something that should be beautiful, but there's something that's tragic that's happening there where there's someone who is unable to be able to partake or come in from the outside and experience life change, experience transformation, that all it takes is someone with a different agenda than what everybody else is doing for something to shift. Listen, I don't care if everybody else is just showing up to go to the temple and not caring about what's happening with the people on the outside. Come on. But how many of you know that all it takes is for some Peters and Johns, come on, to have the agenda in their heart for the love of Christ to be able to be demonstrated, to be able to be shown to those who are on the outside. And it's amazing because God can use those of us with the heart of God to be able to cause transformation transformation in the life of someone who has been enabled and who has been carried and left at the gate for years can i just set this thing up and so here he's at the gate he's entering and then the bible says i love it here it is in verse three seeing peter and john about to go in the temple he asked to receive alms somebody say he asked to receive alms he asked to receive alms. And watch this. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, saying, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. Oh my. So this guy, that Peter and John, they show up. And what ends up happening is he is looking at them. And the Bible says expecting. I'm reading from the ESV. He's expecting when he asked to receive from them what everybody else was giving him. So they ha he has the expectation that what has been transpiring uh, at the, at the, that everybody else has been doing is exactly what he is going to get in that same place from these people because they look just like everybody else. And I want to tell you that, that the world, the world today is expecting, especially in a Christian environment, there are expectations on the church. There are expectations on disciples of Christ. All of these people that are going up to pray there are expectations that people have of people of God how many of you know that there are many caricatures that are attached to Christians today people expect Christians and people of God to be judgmental oh are you with me on this morning they expect us to be to be uh, to champion who we are against and more than who we're for how many of you know that when people ask, when people ask about uh, Christians, usually this is why they'll say, oh, well, Christians are judgmental or this is an environment where I can't come here because if I come, they are going to look at me this way. Come on, somebody. The woman at the front is probably going to pull down my, make me pull down my skirt. Somebody's going to make me spit out gum. Uh, anybody know what I'm talking about? 
I can't tell you how many people come to Serve City and they're like, man, I didn't expect it to be like this. And I'm like, what did you expect it to be like? And many of you who are a part of this environment that is oftentimes different than what you have encountered in the past, you are, you get accustomed to what's happening. But how many of you know that it's not like this everywhere? This is, I'm telling you, I'm not, this is not to be braggadocious about this church in particular, but there are certain caricatures and stereotypes and things that people expect. Come on. And this man expects that just as everybody else is walking in the temple and gives him alms or money, he looks at them and does this and, uh, and expects to receive uh, alms from them. We have to beat, not meet, but beat the expectations of people that are coming to the house of God come on somebody somebody say I've got to beat the expectations of the world come on they they want us they are expecting certain things we got to give them different when they expect for you to be mean and judgmental come on you got to give them the opposite you got to beat the expectation that they may have about what it is because those that is a life-changing experience and so look he's expecting to receive alms from them but Peter said I love this he said I have no silver and no gold but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth he says rise up and walk I love it I love it I love it uh, you know this man up to this point this man up to this point he is getting finances he is getting arms little here and little there but his situation is remaining the same and I love it because in this moment Peter and John they say I don't have any money to give you what everybody else has been giving you but I have something that will transform your situation oh, oh. I just want to help somebody in here to understand that you there that everybody every single one of you can be effective in the name of the gospel it's not there's some of you who think that you can't declare the gospel because of what you don't have and I'm here to tell you that you can God can cause life transformation to have to come through your life because of what you do have not what you don't have I don't care if you don't got money. God can use you. Come on, somebody. The name of Jesus is sufficient. The love of God is sufficient. I'm here to tell you uh, that people care more about you caring than how much money you got in the bank today. Come on, somebody. And there are many of us that are limited by what we don't have as opposed to using what we do have to be able to cause transformation in the lives of those that are around us. Stop making excuses and start making moves. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I don't care what people are saying. Uh, you can, I can't do this. And people are saying because I didn't go to college. And you know that the disciples, I love it. Bible says the disciples were unlearned men. Huh. And God used them to turn the world upside down. There are some of you in here who as God is calling to be prophets, to declare the word of the Lord. There are some of you who have been called to do something like just join the dream team here at Serve City and serve. And many of you are like, oh, well, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have this qualified. How many of you know that God doesn't call the qualified, that he qualifies the called? Come on, somebody. He doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. If you could do it based on yourself and what you have then he wouldn't get the glory but what he wants to do through you is not about you but it is through his strength 
I can do this. But you know, you know the context of Paul saying for, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, where he says, I can do all things through Christ, which gives me strength. You know, we quote that, and Steph Curry puts it on the shoes and all that stuff, and we just apply it in general. The apostle Paul makes it clear in Philippians 4 that whether he has everything or if he has nothing, come on somebody, he says, even if y'all give me stuff to help me or I don't have anything, come on somebody, he says in verse 11, what, Philippians 4, 11, whatsoever state I'm in, therewith I'll be content. And so the context of him saying in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, is him saying that as it pertains to ministry, because he was talking to the church at Philippi in Philippians chapter 4, write it down, check it out. He's talking to them about their support of his ministry endeavors. And he goes on, he says, whether I'm grateful for the gifts that y'all have given, but whether I get a lot, if I have everything, or I have nothing, I can do all things. Through Christ which strengthens me. Come on somebody. There are people that are lame at the gate in your life. There are people who are lame on the outside. Come on. They are outside. They don't belong. They don't match. They don't fit. And they are in a position where they are looking for a Peter and John. Come on. A Paul, a Peterina and a Johnina. Come on somebody. To meet them at, y'all don't want to be real, at the gate with something different and instead of making excuses silver and gold I don't have but guess what I got something that can change your situation and your life come on somebody there are many of you you think that somebody needs something in your life I just sense this in the Holy Spirit you think that what you don't have is what somebody needs but God has put them in your path can I just talk about it because he's given you exactly what you need to be able to affect change in their life Oh, we're leaving this place not making excuses, but getting to the place where we open ourselves to giving people, uh, the, be, going beyond their expectations and being able to cause life change in their life. Here it is. I'm coming. I'm coming. So he says in verse uh, 6, are you still with me? Online, are you still with me? Here we go. He says, but Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I'll give it to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. This man been bound forever, been coming and being laid at the gate. And he says, I don't have silver or gold, but what I have, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you something that is going to cause transformation in your life. I love this. I get excited about this stuff. Watch this. Watch this. Look at the text. There's some powerful here that we often overlook. And I love it because this one we're talking about belong. And we're talking about bringing people in from the outside. I want you to peep this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, Bible says, verse 7, and he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and his ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood up and began to walk and entered the temple with them. Walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Oh, I'm going to stop there. I just want to tell you this. this is powerful because he gets up. His situation has changed. And now he gets to belong. He gets to come in from the outside. Here, this is the big point. Every single one of us, our agenda and our mission, according to Christ, is to help people who are on the outside to get connected and come onto the inside. 
This is why life groups are important. See, we think as Christians, we just need to find all the people who are different from us and say, oh, we don't like you. Mm -hmm, okay, we're not supposed to be. No, the agenda of God is to call people from the outside and cause their situation to change in such a way that they can come on the inside. I love it, but look at it. They say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, watch this, rise up and walk. But look at the text, verse 7. He took him by the right hand and raised him up. Okay, look, look, look. And immediately he got up and was jumping and leaping and praising God. Peep this, peep this. This, this is dope. This is so amazing. Did he just say some magic words and then walk away like, all right, fam, you're on your own? No! Text says, uh, text says that he, he, Bible says, leaping, he says, uh, verse 7, took him by the right hand and raised him up. Uh, people belong not by magic words, not by you standing, come on somebody, across on your holy island and yelling at them what they need to do. Come on somebody, then walking away, not by you doing drive-by discipleship. Come on, squirting holy oil at them as you drive by in your drop top. I wonder who I'm talking to. I, I wonder if there's anybody that knows that Jesus is not cometh in a Honda. He's not coming in a limousine. He's not going to show up in a Bentley, but he's going to show up through you. And yeah, you can have the, the gospel and declare, oh, can I preach it like I feel? It, the power of God in somebody's life but it's not until you reach out come on somebody and give them the help that they need who am I talking to that you will see the power of God work in their life oh I want to call you to bring people from the outside who is on the outside in your life today who is on the outside sitting next to you in church today and you need to help them to belong and to know about the love of God who is it that you've been preaching at but you haven't been reaching your hand out to help Christians are famous for preaching but not helping oh my isn't that isn't that just isn't that oxymoronic I mean we were served with such in such a great manner by the by the by the God that we worship but yet and still we are often to the place where we are unwilling to reach out and to help someone and to bring them from the outside the reason why this was so powerful was because he didn't just tell me I can't believe that you didn't bring the right shirt. Or he didn't just tell me, you have the wrong shirt. That was not the shirt that you're supposed to be wearing. Do you have a shirt? When he asked me, do I have a shirt? No, I didn't. And he went in and he got it. Where do you need to use your resources? Come on, somebody. What you have to reach out to somebody. Is it your social media account that God can use to pull people to himself? Is it you getting on the phone and calling someone to help them to actually take those steps? Is it instead of you telling people you need to pray more, that you set up an option to actually get on the phone and pray with them to help them learn how to pray instead of insulting people around their financial management there are many people who are desirous and they're in need of help to understand and to learn godly principles have you helped people have you reached out to them or have you just preached at them and so today today the assignment the assignment on us with this belong series is to call people and position ourselves to do everything we can to bring people from the outside. Because this is the gospel. This is the message of the gospel. Somebody say the good news. Luke 19 verse 10. Bible makes it clear that Jesus came 
to seek and save the lost. The people who were disconnected from God. That was his agenda. That was his assignment. And I'm so glad. Is there anybody that knows and is excited that love lifted you? If you're saved in here, any redeemed people in the house that you would witness that it was because of the grace and mercy of God that you and I are saved today. And I'm grateful for people who are willing to do everything they can to not just preach at me, but to help me and to reach out and help me. And so today, today I call you, I call you today who are on the outside. I mean, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Today, this is the first reach out I'm giving to you today. I don't want to just tell you, like a lot of people, you expect me to just say, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. No, I want to tell you about this incredible story. I want to tell you and extend to you how. You can have a relationship with, with God through Jesus. I want to tell you, because some of you, you're already feeling that tug in your heart today. And today is your day. Today is your day to belong. Today is your day to come in from the outside. And it starts with saying yes to God. God wants, to, God wants you to be right with Him. God wants you to be in right relationship with Him. The Bible makes it clear in Romans Romans chapter 3 verse 23 that we all have sinned. Somebody say everybody. We all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. There is no one who is righteous. Doesn't matter how many good things you do. Nobody is righteous. There's no one. And this is why sin is in the world. This is why we're born as sinners. This is why we don't have to teach our children. We don't have to teach our children to sin. We don't have to teach them to be disobedient. All the parents said amen. <laughs> they came out being disobedient and the reason why is because sin has passed down through all mankind from our first parents Adam and Eve it's hereditary because they disobeyed God and they went in the direction that he told them not to and then Romans 6 23 says that the wages of this sin is death everybody say death I don't have to convince you that people are dying look at our world today people are dying every day it was not supposed to be that way but because of sin, which is passed on through disobedience, people die. We were created for eternity, but people die because of sin. But not only physical death, it's also death in hell. When this life is over, there is an afterlife. And what you do in this life and the decision you make in this life determines what happens in the other after you leave this place. And so the fact of the matter is, the Bible says not only the wages of sin is death, physical death, but also death in hell. Hell is most definitely real. It is everlasting fire that will not stop burning for those who reject God and decide to follow and go after their own way. But I love the B part of Romans 6.23. Come on. Somebody say good news. It doesn't just say that the wages of sin is death, but it says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord the gift of God that's the good news you don't have to die and go to hell God didn't leave you and I stranded but how did he do this Jesus God in flesh in the person of Jesus came to earth born miraculously of the Virgin Mary and he goes you know what I'm not gonna leave them stranded and because they can't be perfect 
I am going to live perfect on their behalf. And he not only lives perfect on our behalf, but Jesus Christ goes to the cross and he dies in our place. Oh, somebody ought to be excited about that. He takes my punishment on his behalf, on my behalf. And not only does he die, but on the third day, somebody say, he got up. He got up with all power in his hands. And today, you and I, this is the good news. He extends to us life eternal. He extends to us a relationship with God. And this is a powerful thing. You and I can get right with God and be in relationship with Him and have a security for our future to be with Him eternally in heaven forever. Isn't that good news? And so today, everyone, Bible makes it clear, because you're asking, how? Somebody watching someone in the house, how do I do this? How do I get right with God? How do I begin a relationship with Him? How do I become just before Him? If I'm in a position where I'm considered a sinner, well, there's several scriptures throughout the Bible that talk about salvation and how you get right with God. But there, it's summed up in three things, and we see this in Peter's sermon before he baptizes 3,000 people in Acts 2.38. Acts, uh, he says that we are to repent. Somebody say, repent. In other words, we repent. This is how. This is, this is how you get right with God. You repent. In other words, acknowledge that you are a sinner. That you are a sinner, that you are separated from God, and that you are in need of salvation. And not only this, but you say, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for all the things that I've done. And you change your mind about sin and you do a 180 because it's a change of mind and say, I believe that you came, Jesus. I believe that you died. And I believe that you rose from death with all power. Be the Lord and the boss of my life. So repent, believe. And then the last thing is to be baptized. Somebody say, be baptized. And like you saw Virginia today and the 11 people before her that have been baptized this year they go into the water because they seal the deal it's not just enough to repent and to believe the bible says even the demons believe and they shudder but they're not justified they're not right before god but we seal the deal we say jesus i'm going all the way in the water come on somebody and so today that may be you you have never put your trust in jesus you've never repented never believed never been baptized I want to extend and call you. I want to extend my hand to you today to make that decision to come to the Lord today to do not leave this place. We don't know what tomorrow holds. And so I call you to make that decision today to trust the Lord. And then number two, you may be somebody you're like, you're in here and man, I've been on the outside because I, I was baptized. I repented. I gave my life to the Lord. But then I, the cares of life messed me up and I went away from God. And now I'm in this position where I'm like, yo fam, I need to come back home. I need to get it right. Do I need to get baptized again? No. If you meant it when you got baptized, you don't need to get baptized again. You can repent today and you can make the decision to come back home. How many of you know that you can run away from God, but God never runs away from you? And he's waiting with arms open wide to receive you back into fellowship if that's you. And so listen, in this moment, I want to give everyone here under the sound of my voice and online the opportunity to respond to this gospel and to put your trust and faith in Jesus. So every head bow, every eye closed in this moment, every head bow, every eye closed. If it is an online too, I encourage you to join between me, you and God. If that person is you today and you are like, that's me. And today I want to make the decision for the first time to repent and to believe the gospel, to repent and to believe the gospel and to be baptized. 
Or if you are someone who's like, you know what? I've been away from Christ and I'm coming back home today. And I want to repent and make that decision to recommit my life to Christ. If that person is you, between me, you and God, I want you to make that decision right where you are. Come on, on the count of three, I want you to pop that hand up between me, you and God, even online. Don't wait, don't let this moment pass. Here we go. If you're coming for the first time or recommitting your life to Christ, between me, you and God, here we go. One, two, three. Come on, pop that hand up where you are. I see those hands up. Praise the Lord. I see those hands in the house. Glory to our God. Come on, is there anybody else who's saying you're coming back or you're coming for the first? I see those hands. Glory to God. Come on, put those hands down now and open those eyes and let's give God praise today. Come on, for those who made. Woo! Come on, we ought to shout in this place. Bible says heaven rejoices over one soul that comes to repentance. Several hands went up today. Glory to our God. Woo! That's what it's all about, y'all. And so in this moment, in this moment, if that person was you and you made a decision to give your life to Christ for the first time to be baptized or you recommitted your life to the Lord, we want to know about it. Follow through. Follow through in this moment. And so what we want you to do is the connection card in the back of your seats for those who are in the house or online. It should be in the chat or at servecity.ca forward slash connection card. We want you to online or in the house, go to the connection card and fill it out and tick off the box that says gave my uh, repent and be baptized or recommitted my life to Christ let us know about that decision because we want to connect with you and we want to follow up with you and help you to take that next step whatever your next step is we want to help you to indeed come out from coming from the outside and to belong and to get connected come on somebody